Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host Icy Sedgwick, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Well, hello there. Welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with Icy, or welcome if this is your first time in these parts. We're going to continue with our insect folklore series. Thought might as well just jump straight into the episode, hope you don't mind, because we've already done butterflies and their link with the soul and just the general awesomeness that is bees. This week we're going to have a look at dragonflies, which as we'll see are actually also incredibly useful as well, just in a slightly different way. But you've got to admit, there is something incredibly magical about seeing dragonflies darting between the reeds on a spring day. They are, if you're a photographer, also incredibly difficult to photograph because they generally don't sit still. But with their beautiful jewel-like colours, you can see why people want to try and photograph them. However, did you know dragonflies can actually fly backwards, which again makes them difficult to capture. They are quite the aerial specialist. Now, the dragonfly is actually one of the oldest of the insect species, and there are examples of them in the fossil record, which looks quite cool. And they also represent both air and water. So obviously they live in the air, but their larvae usually hatch out of water where the eggs have been deposited. So in many tales, they symbolise wisdom, communications from the elements, adaptation, insight and transformations. So much like the butterfly which emerges from its cocoon, the larva also emerges from its husk as the dragonfly. We're going to have a look at the folklore, but you will realise quite early on that it occupies a bit of a strange position because depending on where you are, the dragonfly is either a sign of something good or it's an evil omen and it seems to have a bit of a regional split. So we're going to have a look at some of the superstitions first before we kick off with their regional variations. So here are some of the more basic superstitions that you get. Seeing swarms of dragonflies mean rain is on the way. That's entirely possible because obviously as rain moves in it changes the air pressure which makes a lot of the other little insects take to flight. It's also why you often see swallows and other birds like that flying quite high before a thunderstorm because all the insects come out and it's basically this massive all-you-can-eat buffet for them. So I can understand where that superstition came from. In some cultures dragonflies actually represent good luck or prosperity. So if you see one you've got to make sure that you make a wish because then it'll come true. Fishermen used them as an indicator of good fishing grounds, so if they went out on a boat or along the side of a river and there were plenty of dragonflies around, it also meant there were plenty of fish. I'm going to hazard a guess and say that, again, due to the number of flies in the area. But again, if you're going to make a superstition out of something, might as well make it out of something that works. If dragonflies hover near the fisherman, he actually took that as a good luck sign. Now, I did come across a variation of that superstition where a dragonfly would only hover around a fisherman of good character. And we're going to see later on that there is a belief around dragonflies being able to weigh souls. In various spiritual pathways, the dragonfly actually acts as a messenger between the worlds, and this is because of its fairly liminal state of being halfway between water and air. And they actually teach those who see them to go with the flow. Be careful if you see one in your dreams, though, that's actually a warning that things are not as they appear. If a dragonfly lands on you, it means that you're going to hear good news from somebody that you care about. 
whereas seeing a dead dragonfly means that you'll only hear sad news. And I think seeing a dead dragonfly is quite sad on its own anyway. But if you catch a dragonfly, it means that you'd actually marry someone within a year, which is a bit nicer. Now we're going to have a look at the regional tales, and this is where the dragonfly gets interesting, because there's a very definite Europe-rest-of-the-world split in the tales. So we're going to start off with Asia, and in particular Japan, where dragonflies bring good fortune and are associated with the autumn. Dragonflies often appear in haiku poetry, and they often represent strength and happiness, and the red dragonfly in particular is thought of as being sacred. Japan is even known as the island of the dragonfly, and that's because when you look at it from above, its curved shape is supposed to resemble a dragonfly at rest. There is another reason that dragonflies are so beloved in Japan, and there's a legend about the 21st emperor, Yuriaka Tenbo, and while out hunting, an insect bit his arm. Some legends say it was a horsefly, others it was a mosquito, either way it would be a bit painful, and whichever one it was, a dragonfly flew in and then ate the insect, rescuing the emperor from further harm. So as a result, Tenbo then blesses the insect, and the dragonfly becomes quite beloved in Japan. I also came across a story related to Bon, the Japanese Buddhist tradition which involves the return of the ancestors' spirits. And this is in about mid-August, and the spirits return to visit the living, much like we would be used to in the UK with Halloween, or in Mexico, the Day of the Dead. Around the same time, you do get loads of dragonflies suddenly appear as well. So people put two and two together, and came up with the belief that the dragonflies were either the returning souls themselves, or the winged mounts that the returning ancestral spirits rode to get back to the living, which is quite a nice little idea. And during Bond, children aren't allowed to bother dragonflies, normally during the rest of the year. It's a bit of a game for Japanese children to catch dragonflies, but in this period that was like absolutely a no-no. Dragonflies instead were actually welcomed into the home, which would allow the ancestors to temporarily rejoin the family. If we just hop over to China, they represent harmony, good luck and prosperity. And all of those things might relate to their belief that the dragonfly actually represents the soul of a dragon. Speaking of dragons and dragonflies, if we go to America, a Native American myth suggests that dragonflies were actually originally dragons, and a coyote tricked a dragon into shape-shifting, so it went from dragon to dragonfly, but unfortunately couldn't change back. Often in these stories, the coyote's like the trickster kind of figure, a little bit like Loki in Norse mythology. So as a result, the dragonfly symbolises change, speed and illusion, and it does make a nice little link with that Chinese association between dragons and dragonflies. You get quite a lot of dragonflies in Navajo sand paintings, uh, particularly where they're shown near water, they represent the purity of that water. Obviously there would have to be pure water in order for them to be able to feed. They're also quite common emblems in Navajo necklaces and on Zuni pottery. Forrest Lee Mitchell and James Laswell relate an American belief that seeing dragonflies predicted rainfall. If the dragonflies flew high, it meant that it would be a heavy rainstorm, and if the dragonflies flew low, it meant it would just be a light rain shower. They also relate quite another cool nickname for dragonflies, and that is Mosquito Hawk, which I think just sounds quite badass. In addition, Mitchell and Laswell also relate the belief that if a dragonfly landed on their fishing pole, then they'd be successful while fishing, and a further belief claims that the colour of the dragonfly could even indicate what fish would bite. However, it wasn't advisable to fall asleep outside in Iowa because people believed that the dragonfly might sew together your fingers and toes. 
And it's this sort of belief that you then see a lot more of in Europe, where the picture is definitely not very rosy, where dragonflies are concerned. There are over 150 different folklore names for dragonflies in Germany, which include Devil's Needle, Water Witch and Devil's Horse. Some people believe that the dragonfly actually came from Germany, while other tales think it came from Romania. In the German origin story, there was a really vicious princess who used to just ride round our kingdom with merry abandon on a horse, and one day she encountered a small man who tried to speak to her. She was too busy riding roughshod over her people, and he didn't heed her order to get out of her way. She quite happily rode over him, and he cursed her to always be joined to her horse. And at that moment, she and her horse became one, transformed into the dragonfly. One of the Romanian tales, on the other hand, has the devil trying to cross a lake. A fisherman sees him, realises it's the devil, and then rows away as fast as he can, and the devil adopts the form of a winged insect to fly across the lake instead. You do have to wonder why he just didn't do that in the first place, but whatever. The devil takes the form we now know as a dragonfly, and hence dragonflies exist. In Europe, dragonflies often end up associated with either the devil or black magic in general, and some of these negative associations do appear in American folklore, particularly the idea that dragonflies are poisonous when they're not, which implies that people took the beliefs with them when they emigrated to the New World. But then because there's this equal number of positive tales about them, it does suggest an ability for people to create their own myths and beliefs. In England, dragonflies are often known as the Devil's Dawning Needle and Horse Stinger. And in Wales, they're referred to as Adder's Servant. And I thought this was a bit of a weird one, and I did find two separate folk beliefs that you do get in America as well, relating to dragonflies and snakes. And in one, dragonflies might be spotted sitting on the heads of snakes, and people thought it looked like they'd charmed the snakes into a trance. In the other belief, it was that dragonflies actually followed snakes around and stitched them up if they got injured. I don't know how often snakes end up getting cut in half and then need to be sewn back together by a dragonfly, but that's the belief. There is one tiny spot of positivity in English folklore related to dragonflies, and that's that it was considered bad luck to actually kill a blue dragonfly. That's also quite difficult because people also thought it was good luck if you put their wings in a religious book like a missile, so I suppose you'd have to find the blue dragonfly rather than kill it yourself. Now in Sweden, dragonflies were an omen of tragedy or injury, and a lot of people thought they were actually on the lookout for bad souls, so if you had one hover near you, it meant that it was weighing your soul in judgement. One particularly dark belief claimed that dragonflies actually sold shut the eyes of naughty children or liars. Now, when I'm not doing folklore, I do write fiction, and I wrote a very short story, it's like a thousand words or something, inspired by that, the idea of dragonflies sewing shut the eyes of children. And you can get that in your inbox if you go to this the post online and add your email address in the box. And it's www.icsedgwick.com forward slash dragonfly hyphen folklore. You won't get added to my mailing list or anything. It's just if you want to read that particular story because it was a subscriber exclusive. And I thought because we're doing dragonflies, it might be quite useful for you. But anyway, I'll carry on with the rest of the episode. This particularly vicious aspect of the dragonfly is also reflected in a belief from Kansas that dragonflies might sew up the mouths of scolding women. But despite this dark association with the devil, they are also connected to Freya in Norse mythology. Now, she's the goddess of love and fertility, and in later sagas also war, and some people think that they might have become her symbol because mating dragonflies form the shape of a heart. So on one hand, you've got 
dragonflies going around weighing souls and sewing eyes together and all that kind of jazz. But then you've also got them as this symbol of love and, and prosperity and so on. But either way, the dragon is an incredibly useful ally to mankind. So while butterflies and bees are pollinating our plants and, you know, basically helping us grow things, dragonflies eat mosquitoes and gnats and other really irritating insects like that. And considering mosquitoes carry diseases like malaria, we probably should see them as a bit of a good luck symbol to see one of them near our house. That's the end of today's discussion. There's obviously quite a lot of similarity between the superstitions, which is why I've tried to keep them as close together as I possibly can. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We are going to continue with more insects next week and we're going to be looking at ladybirds. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you would consider supporting me on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month because it just means that I get to do more of these and bring more weird legends, superstitions, myths and folklore into your earbuds whenever I possibly can. Otherwise, thanks for listening and I will see you next week when we look at ladybird folklore. Cheerio. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to subscribe using whichever podcast app it is that you prefer. If you do use iTunes, if you could leave me a review, that would be fab. Basically, it just means iTunes are more likely to recommend this to other people. And if you're interested in more folklore, please feel free to swing by my blog, which is www.icsedgwick.com, and that's Sedgwick spelled S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. And you can find all of the links, images, and other bits and pieces that hopefully you enjoy. So have an absolutely fab week ahead, and I'll see you soon. Cheerio!